This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Terrible People and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and the modern Australian nation has never made any genuine attempt to come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people following the arrival of Europeans. Well may we say God save the Queen because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 131 for Sunday 28th of June 2020. I'm Jeremy Sierra-Pierko, and each week I will be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. This morning's guest hosts are Nick Carr, returning, and Denise Sierra-Pierko. Welcome back, both of you. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Hello. So, Nick is safely, uh, you're, you're safely up in Queensland, so you're yep. not... Uh, I note that you're actually doing this podcast, even though it's over Skype, I do think that the full-on biohazard suit from the movie <laughs> Outbreak was perhaps overkill, just because we're in Victoria. Yeah, Palaszczuk put out a decree, If even if we're talking to people, on the phone. If I'm on the phone to someone in Victoria, I've got to shut it up. I've got to have a plastic bag over the phone so there's no contamination. I'm wearing a tarp. It's true, it's true. <laughs> At least this week you've got an excuse. At least this yeah. week there's some kind of reason for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to be a bit of a complex. Yeah, no, so we've got, we've got some spikes. Yeah, yeah, you guys are... I mean, I had the... Have you guys had the test yet? No. No. Oh, okay, because no. they're doing... I think, did I read somewhere they're going to start... Or heard somewhere they're going to start doing door-to-door testing in Victoria? Like, they're going to actually send people out? So, in the targeted... Is that um, hotspots? Yeah. In the hotspot suburbs, which we are not in or next to, thank goodness... They are going to be like basically sending mobile testing units to the end of the road and having people knock door and door to let them know that they can get the testing that it's at the end of the road. They can just come oh, out yeah. and get it done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got it done the other day myself. Uh, I went down just because I, I, I started to get a little bit of a cold. So I was like, well, better go be careful. And you know how they say it's unpleasant? They are correct. Did they stick the thing up your nose? Is that the one up your nose? They absolutely did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I had, had a... Um, uh, an attractive young lady doing the doing the thing, and I made the I made the joke. I was like, "Oh, you know, you're gonna pro- you're gonna promise me if I cry, you won't tell anybody." And she's like, "You might cry, like dead, just looking dead on the eyes." Like, "Nah, I'll be right." No, it, I definitely cried. I couldn't open my eyes for a full minute afterwards. It really stinks. It's nasty. But oh man! But then two days later, I got a text message telling me I'm in the clear. So worth it. Worth it. Hooray! I'm golden. Well, you're in the clear. Like, like <laughs> it's not, it's not a permanent. It's not like. Oh, good, I was clear this time, therefore I can yeah. get it. Like it's Interestingly, I actually saw a conversation on a Facebook post where a friend of mine who's a teacher here in Melbourne and who lives in one of the affected suburbs went for the test a second time because she has come down with mm. cold and she's a teacher and, and all of this sort of thing. And someone actually said, like, well, why are you going to get tested again? I've <laughs> like, been tested before. <laughs> she's like, because I have symptoms of a cold, I'm in a high-risk suburb, and I'm a teacher. All three of these things say that I should get tested again. Like, you do understand that 
just because I didn't have it three weeks ago when I got tested doesn't mean I don't have it today. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I broke my leg once, and ever since then, my leg has been impervious and can never be destroyed. Like, that's the one It's like chickenpox. You can only get it once. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Except chickenpox turns into that turns into that's yeah, a bit yeah. of a lie, because if you get chickenpox as a kid, you can get shingles yeah, yeah. as an adult. And then it's you're like, a real mess. Mm. Didn't they have, was it a chickenpox experience with part of the rationale that loonies who thought that this was no worse than the flu were doing... Like COVID nineteen oh masks yeah. to yeah. infect their children. Like, then it, like <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. Anyway, I don't need no stinking doctors telling me what's safe yeah. and not. Here, little Jimmy, stick your tongue up your best friend's nose. <laughs> well, like children just do that anyway. Yeah, they do. It looks like, surely is... there is a less painful way of getting COVID nineteen than sticking a thing up your nose and then licking it. <laughs> I just assume. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, Jeremy. <laughs> so, did you see? Obviously, um, the first thing they tried to claim was that it was the Black Lives Matter protests. Oh yeah, and they were very, very disappointed when there was really no correlation yeah. with it at all. Like it didn't have. It which, was two weeks later, but it wasn't coming from people who attended the protests. Which is and really like, interesting because I, yeah, I keep seeing even to the state social media comments comments that are like, no, it was totally those protests, and people which people respond, two people at the protest had. COVID. And they didn't have, spread it. Like yeah. They didn't spread it, and they didn't get it at the protest. And, and please cut it out. Ah, but you you did did you miss Greg Hunt, the, the health minister's excuse for like how, how he... I'm not, I'm not abandoning this line just because there's no evidence that supports it. I've got a new argument. Did you hear his no. argument? <laughs> oh, their argument is that it's the... It is still the fault of the protests because the protesters being out there gave everybody else the, the idea, well, why, why should yeah. I be all safe then? You know, they're out there. I can go out there as well. <laughs> so the protests caused other people to go and do irresponsible, dangerous shit. Jesus. <laughs> I, I did hear from, um, oh, look, you know, this is all, a lot of this is hearsay and conjecture, but I, someone I know in the entertainment industry was talking to someone who owns a, a large amount of venues and they were saying that, you know, they've got connections, obviously, in, in the government and that uh, being, you know, being sort of that bigger player. Uh, and they heard that the secretly the government were kind of glad the protests happened because it, it was like a testing it either way. Like if there was not enough, uh, if, if it wasn't, there was no evidence that it was going to spread more, then they could go, all right, well, we've got justification now to open things back up again. We can, we can, oh, look, no one got on the protest. Yeah. Let's wide open it. Or if people did get it, then they can hammer the black mile, you know, then they can say that the protests are bullshit and they've made everybody sick. So they were happy either way. Like, oh, yeah. gross. Yeah, no, they, they, they're really good at that. And also, the huge impact of COVID-19 being to, to completely screw up the budget has given them a great excuse for when they never meet their... <laughs> it was going to have been in the future back in Black Past Tense future. Like, yeah. They, they were never yeah. going to achieve that, but now yeah, they've got yeah. an excuse. And if journos were going to pin them on it, then they could be like, well, hang on, uh, wasn't that built on the uh, $1.5 billion or something that you had stolen from the very poor that you had? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, good yeah. like your, your hypothetical yeah. in the yeah. black was much, much smaller than the amount you have to pay back that you were counting yeah. on getting. Mm. So you, even before COVID-19, you were yeah, not you were, in the you black. You were about to lose another big chunk. You were yep. not going to be in the black. <laughs> mm. Even if all of your positive assumptions about everything else, even if all the fudging you did to get a technical slight, slight black oh. line, even if that were true, it still wasn't true because it was based on money that you were not entitled to and stolen. But we'll get into their budget jiggery yeah. later. Yeah, so we can talk about we'll, we'll talk about their their cuts to the ABC to yeah. um, education. Um, no, no, they're not cutting. They're just they're moving. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll play some audio on that. But yeah, so Victoria. Um, so yeah, so Greg Hunt's like <laughs> that is such a fudgy piece of nonsense argument. 
if the idea was that the Black Lives Matter protest was propaganda that things were okay <laughs> now, which nobody yeah. at the Black Lives Matter protest was saying, they were all saying, no, no, we are going to be very careful, and they they were they were as cautious as they could possibly mm. be. The police weren't. The police were like running around without masks on, <laughs> pe- you know, pepper spraying people. But the protesters were very mm. careful. So, like, you can't say that they were arguing that. The only people who were arguing that, oh, there's there's nothing to be afraid of, and look, these people going out there, prove it. Were right wing dickheads who are the same ones who are trying to blame Black yeah. Lives Matter for it. Like we we said that this means that everything's fine and that you you know <laughs> this proves that there was nothing to worry about and you can go yeah. about your business. Two seconds later, everybody does that. Two seconds after that, oh, you know who's to blame? <laughs> everybody but us. Not us. Yeah. We're all yeah. It's I think I think if this if this government should get any sort of uh, award or anything, it should be for the art of the fudge. Because they are, that yeah. is, this year, these last six months have done nothing but prove how great they are at the fudge. It's it's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. We can play from actual insiders this yeah. morning that we grabbed audio from because yep. there was a there was an actual interview that I, I'm still in shock. Yeah. But anyway. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. The, the, the other explanation, so... It's, isn't it funny how no matter what happens, they've got a way of using it to beat up their mm. their favourite target? So Black Lives yeah. Matter, who else do they don't like? They don't like the Muslims. So that's the other people who are being Oh, afraid. really? I didn't hear about this. Uh, there's one family that had a that, that um, was linked to supposedly. a supposedly supposedly it's all very it's all a lot of conjecture. Yeah. There's a conjecture that a family out east had a Eid celebration at the end of Ramadan, and that spread the one of the uh, the eastern suburbs. Yeah. things out in Pakenham and it's all very like the Guardian talked to the the doctor's surgery where the doctor's surgery had told a pr- another media thing that oh no they they said they definitely was Eid it was definitely this Muslim family <laughs> and the three different people the Guardian talked to all had different stories one was like oh well it's just going around the surgery one's like oh well the family told us ourselves yeah. and the third one was like no no we heard it from hell <laughs> like but basically it's a tiny percentage of the increase even if it was yeah. that family but basically, all the right-wing assholes like your bolts and so forth are all like, mm. ah, you see, it's the Muslims Peter who are yeah. Peter Credlin's been coming down on it hard. My best friend. <laughs> like, they are shameless. The line being run in Victoria then by the government was that there's issues with migrant communities because they might not be getting the information about coronavirus or they might be getting it on social media in like the their native language, which all of the basically other organizations and all the health organizations have said that's super dangerous. You can't run that narrative. <laughs> um, we are translating this information into 53 languages. We are making it widely available and running that narrative is just going to put a lot more hatred on migrant communities. Yeah, well, the Muslim community is like, yeah. we're being blamed mm. for this and, that, yeah. and that's what the experience... And of course it is. Like, the, the nation is primed to pick on its favorite targets. Yeah. Like you don't. Oh, we're already ready for yeah, it. Yeah, like that. That Tinder is that 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 is sitting there ready for a, a faint spark, and don't so oh, you yeah. don't go around throwing freaking sparks. But of course you do well, if you're sort of, divisive yeah. assholes, and you want that's what you want. Yeah, and and you want and you want everyone to be looking away from you. Like you're like, oh no, we're not doing a bad job managing. This. Look at the it's the Muslims. It's their fault. You know, mm. it's it's the, it's the foreigners. I mean, it's the same even when this all first kicked off. And the you know people were just being really hateful to, to Asian people, yeah. just anybody, oh, yeah. like not oh, even yeah. people from Wuhan, yeah, just any, anybody vaguely Asian, just ba- cop shit. Yeah, you can bash the Asians, they you can love bash it. the Muslims, you can bash <laughs> any foreigners. It's all from foreign. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's great. And, and, and they're using yeah. it to bash, obviously, the um, Labor government in Victoria, too, because they're like, Daniel Andrews, it's his fault because he's opened up Victoria, the thing that we've been demanding that he do. He's yeah, the thing, that, that he did, the thing that he did more slowly than pretty much any other state, um, like, but, like yeah. he did more slowly than New South Wales opened up, but... And, yeah. and before it was, it was evident that it had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. They're like, no, it's it's because he wasn't tough enough on Black Lives Matter. And it's like they, the Victorian government was telling people not to do that as well. And they're like, they didn't find enough yeah. people. They find, they f- didn't find anybody at your bloody right wing anti lockdown protest. Uh, they like they have been fight. They find Victoria police find um, refu- uh, pro refugee protesters early on, and they did find the mm. organisers of the of the um, Black Lives Matter protest in Melbourne. But like, there were Black Lives Matter protests around the country. Yeah. The idea that that's mm. why, even before the numbers were there, the idea that, that that was somehow to blame for Victoria having a spike is just delusional. Yeah. But anyway. Especially when all the spikes garbage, have been linked yeah. to either family or workplaces. Like yeah, family I mean, gatherings. Look at places. a shopping centre. Yeah. Like, yeah. people like, are not social distancing at shopping centres. There's big things like there's a Coles distribution oh, yeah. centre, there's a daycare, there's a couple of schools, there's family gatherings. And a lot of the ones, like the Coles yeah. distribution centre is linked to the family gathering in Keeler Downs. Like, you know, they all, they link up. These things mm. link. Um, yeah. Amusingly, speaking of things that the government spent a lot of money on, their uh, coronavirus app, COVID Safe, oh, yeah. <laughs> has been oh, yes. completely useless and has not identified one person. <laughs> Apparently, so they did. They released some testing data to the Senate committee on COVID nineteen, and it showed that if an iPhone is locked, it has a problem detecting another app, another iPhone with the app, twenty five <laughs> to fifty percent of the time. That was as of like the twenty sixth of May. Twenty-five to fifty percent—that's an aberration, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah, a- exactly. But at, at time <laughs> of launch, and that's recent. That's that's, that's, that's like that's the improved version because at time of launch, less than twenty-five percent of the time did it work if an iPhone was locked. Jeez. And they've been having issues with Android phones as well. And iPhones lock automatically. Like yeah. It's, yeah, like, uh, it's also, a miracle it ever works, really. Exactly. And, and it's also like they have crap batteries. If you left your phone unlocked with a app running, you would only have it running for ten minutes anyway. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so they've, they've, there's some real issues with it. It's, um, it's not working very well. It's, uh, but I was just so keen to give all of my data to Peter Dutton to then, you know, exploit mm. later down the track when they change the rules. Mm. Yep. Yep. No. Well, yeah. Not, not uh, regretting not picking up on that one. You know. Yeah. But they were yeah. still trying to say that the, the federal government was still trying to say the problem's been not enough people downloading the app. Like six no, million. It's in not it now. working. Six point yeah. five million almost. Six point five million. And it hasn't many, done it. it has, sorry. It hasn't picked has anyone. The, it hasn't identified any. Like all no. anybody, anybody who wasn't already detected through other methods of contact tracing. It hasn't, it hasn't achieved anything, <laughs> anything at all. Yeah. And how many million? I can't remember when they first two launched. It. How many did they say? Was it two million? They said they needed to make work. Was that? Oh it? no, no, no it like sixty percent. Co- yeah, it needed sixty percent. It cost two million. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's let's move on from from the the hellscape of Victoria that we're in. It's no, actually quite nice today. I was going to say, Queensland's been beautiful, Jeremy. <laughs> it's quite lovely here too, and, and we haven't... Yeah. Uh, it hasn't hit here enough that people are actually, you know, doing better social distancing like they should be. Oh, yeah. They, they, are, yeah. they did try clearing out toilet paper. I don't understand why, like, three months later, Coles and Woolworths don't have an automatic system in place of, like, when our inventory on a type of an item goes under 50%, we put in hold, or under more. 30% yeah. or something. Like, you can't buy more than two or one. Yeah. Like, why is that not an automatic thing to maintain? Yeah. Why is, I don't understand why they have lifted that already. Like, who still, who needs more than two lots of toilet paper? Like, anyway, yeah. It's very strange. Who's anyway, going that much? So I want to get out of Victoria by doing 
two two news limited beat ups. One from Herald Sun and then beating trans, going over the border to the Daily Telegraph. But the Herald Sun, did you see their beat up on Lydia Thorpe, the new uh, Green Senator for Victoria, who's replacing Richard Di Natale? No, no, I, I avoid the Herald Sun as much as I can. That seems fair, to be honest. Um, so basically, <laughs> they they ran this whole thing that how the state of Victoria could become a thing of the past. The state of Victoria could be renamed with an Aboriginal <laughs> activist saying anything, quote, named after someone who's caused harm or murdered people should have its moniker stripped. It comes as a craft brewer was booted from a liquor chain over its branding. Now, what, what's that about? Like, so the quote is, um, anything that's named after someone who's caused harm or murdered people, then I think we should take their name down. It could even stay the same if that's what people want, it's part, if that's part of the negotiation outcome of a treaty where everyone gets to understand both sides. You know, then, they, then the Herald Sun runs that. Daniel Andrews says it's a ridiculous idea and nothing more than a divisive debate, which is, of course, what they wanted. So yeah. the journal from the Herald Sun rings her up and says, what do you think about changing the name of Victoria? She said it's up to the people, up to, the people to decide and then mm. that, it, that it's a conversation to be had. He calls back five minutes later and says, what do you think about changing the name of Australia? And she said, what are you trying to do here, John? Why would I agree to that? I want to unite the country, not divide it. And then you get those. So basically, some completely constructed this out of whole cloth. Yeah, They're like, yeah. well, we, we want to tear down that Aboriginal Victorian Green Senator. Yeah. Anything will do. Hey, what if we said, how about changing the name Victoria? She, she's a lefty. Like, she will instinctively respond to that with, oh, you know, it's probably a thing we should consider. Like, yeah. you know, we know that. It. <laughs> it's a thing that lefties probably think is problematic, given the history of yeah. the... the British monarchy in Victoria over the 19th century. Maybe we can we can get her to say something other than no, of course not. It yeah. should always be named after Queen Victoria. Because mm. like so, yeah. so they basically just push pop <laughs> and then they beat this thing up. That's journalism at the Herald Sun. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 just conve- uh, yeah yeah making up their own uh, contra- controversy. Like it's just like. Oh yeah, let's just get it to say something vague, like because you know that you could do that with almost anything and just be like, oh, so what do you think of this? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it could be something we have a look at. It's not a big deal, whatever. Like you know, and that's all. And that's all they need to be like, she's open to the idea. She's trying to tear it all down. Like, what's wrong with changing the name of something? I don't get why people get so upset about that. What's wrong with just changing the name? Of, like we've done it all the time. Hey, it's been called Victoria for thousands upon thousands <laughs> of nights, hasn't it? Was quite recent, actually. Yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. We changed the name. In like Australian you know, Day has been on the same day every year for the last 10 to 15-ish years. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Can never be changed. It's almost as old as my son. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have that. That is their example in Victoria. And then Denise, uh, this one from the Daily Telegraph this week, this is, uh, this, this is, Gives us a bit of a link into uh, the way they're beating up the ABC. (laughs) Is chess racist? We hope that it isn't, but if this was just an intention grab, then the ABC has us all checkmate. (laughs) Basically, what happens is James Valentine for his show wants to answer a question he got on Twitter, which is someone was asked by their son, why does white always move first? So his producer starts reaching out to people, including the uh, former international representative John Adams, who's Australian, to say, hey, 
would you be interested in being on the show? Do you have some information on this? I, I, I thought that John Adams, I'm just remembering from Hamilton, I believe that John Adams, of course, is, is a... John, you anyway. I can't say that. <laughs> no. um, but that he, he says, I'm not really involved in chess, talk to this person anymore, but then immediately goes to the Daily Telegraph and says, oh my God, the ABC wants to run a show about chess being racist. Because, Marxists. because they're cultural Marxists. <laughs> This is horrible. It's because they think white always go first. They, I've just received a phone call from ABC Sydney-based producer seeking a comment about the game of chess, he posted to Twitter. The ABC have taken the view that chess is racist, given that white always go first. They are seeking comment from a chess official as to whether the rules of chess need to be altered. Trust the taxpayer-funded national broadcaster to apply ideological Marxist frameworks to anything and everything in Australia. So this is literally a producer ring up and saying, yeah. we were wondering whether that was the case. <laughs> yeah. With all the drama resulting from COVID-19, I'm amazed that ABC is broadcasting on irrelevant topics. Because you can't talk about multiple yeah. things and you oh, can't I, have human interest, right? I, I love the line that it costs them money. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's like, he's making content. Like, yeah. he's literally trying to find, like, it's a thing to chat yeah. about. Like, it's not like the ABC was, you know, put up a prize of $50,000 for whoever could tell them how racist <laughs> chess is. It's like literally just asking for a, a radio segment. Yeah, and it ends up getting, um, it ends up getting like international coverage before the radio segment ever yeah. aired, okay? This is before the radio segment airs. Including Gary Kasparov, who's a chess champion, is like, if you were if you are worried that the game of chess is racist, please take up Go, where black always moves first, instead of looking foolish by wasting taxpayer money at a state broadcaster to investigate it. You know what? I, I've got my Kasparov chess yet over there, and I feel like taking off the plate and reading. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just the thing that like, and John, uh, sorry, James Valentine sits there and says. He doesn't think chess is racist. He's just curious about why. What yeah. is the tradition? What is the history? Where does it go back? Why does white start first? In this era of, for example, perhaps cultural diversity, is this a difficult question <laughs> when asked by a child? What is the context? I'm curious yeah. about the history. He got someone on his show. They had that conversation. But also what the chess expert who complained to the Daily Telegraph said, which was, this is a thing that gets discussed. So if it's a thing that gets discussed, why is it a thing that the broadcaster... Like, if it's discussed yeah. in chess circles, why is it undiscussable by the... In fact, there was a symbolic game earlier this year where two chess champions played a game which they filmed where they moved black first because it was the International Day for Equality and they thought... And this was in March before this ever happened. And it's like, not like... Not like- White always did move first either. Like, it's just a standard thing that was brought in, like, what, 200 years ago when they were standardizing yeah. various rules. Like, chess has had huge numbers of different rules. Like, it's, it is somewhat arbitrary. But what was his quote that he ended with? So, James Valentine ends his show with this Well, I think we can conclude that chess is not racist. It's tradition and no more than that. But don't worry, we won't rest there. Tomorrow, I want to consider if the key of C major is racist. All those white keys on the piano, what message does that send? And I think you'd have to say F major with that one black key is somewhat tokenistic. We will also consider if liking Mingaloo the white whale is racist. All the other humpbacks are black, but we single out that white one, don't we? <laughs> and finally, I think Minty should come in black and white. So, the Daily Telegraph the next day says, Valentine also think that Minties are wrong because they are white. <laughs> They should apologise. <laughs> they got <laughs> minty, white minty guilt. <laughs> oh my goodness! Can I? Can we play the, the the bit you found from? I think it was Sky having a whinge yes. about the the yes, lollies. Oh my name. god! So the, you might have heard that um, with the the manufacturer who does like mm-hmm. Redskins and and Chicos. Allen's. 
yeah, they're going to change them. And <laughs> so a bunch of you know people in their fifties and sixties this week have been winning. White people in their fifties and sixties. <laughs> And you know, clearly the target market for lawyers. <laughs> we won't be buying these things. Here are a bunch of idiots, including former Queensland Premier Campbell Newman, discussing things in the stupidest <laughs> manner possible. Okay, the next company to fall victim to corporate cowardice has been Nestle, with the confectionery brand to rename my favourite chewy lollies, Redskins, and also Chicos. Well, I don't have Chicos, to ensure that they do not marginalise friends, neighbours or colleagues. Uh, as Pauline would say, Campbell Newman, please explain. <laughs> Look, uh, what's happened here, Chris, is that uh, the corporate affairs and marketing areas of these uh, large enterprises are taken over by woke, uh, you know, 20 to 30-somethings who have no idea, actually, what the broad community think. They are the ones who probably were surprised last year when Scott Morrison won. They, <laughs> they're the sort. And sadly, board CEOs um, don't actually call these people to account. Uh, the red skin thing is, is a nonsense um, because the, the association with the logo of an American Indian was taken off some years ago. Um, it is very, very sad that we see this sort of virtue signalling going on. And I'd say like this, my little message to people like that this evening is, for those companies, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to buy Redskins anymore. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 56-year-old man who still likes a Redskin every yeah, now and then. Yeah, I'm not going to buy them anymore. And I'll say this, the Colonial Brewing mob, I think they're in WA, my message to them is stick to your guns. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to buy your beer. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. buy your beer. If you change your minds, change your name, get nicked. So that's that's what I encourage viewers this evening. We're all we're all consumers. We can vote with our wallets and show them really uh, where the, the the broad Australian sentiment is. Tina, that's the way to do it. I, I noticed that there was this backlash in WA when everyone came to the support of Colonial Beer and and the one bottle shop that decided not to order in any more Colonial Beer copped it left, right, and centre from people all over WA and Australia. That's the way we've got to vote. We don't. Uh, we can't be passive in this regard. When stuff no, Chris, like this happens to Redskin, we've got to we've got to let them have it, don't we? We're all buying colonial beer now, Chris. Look, I think it's just beyond ridiculous. Clearly, they're looking for areas that they consider slightly racist. Now, it's beyond ridiculous. I barely recognise the universe we're in. And uh, you're right, as consumer, go out, rebel, rebel, buy that colonial beer. Don't buy the Redskins. Yep, yeah, ignore the Redskins. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know why they think that they're the target market for Redskins. Redskins, the target market. It's it's children in corner shops being given twenty cents by their parents. That's who picks Redskins because they just want something sugary in their mouth. And twenty year olds putting them in vodka so they've got something fun to drink at a party. That's it. That's the only people who buy Redskins. I don't know why that. And no one cares. Like the, uh, I, I don't get why they hold this stuff so strongly. That's not true. I have a pregnant friend who's currently overseas who's craving them and has basically begged all her friends to send her some. <laughs> but how many sorry, pregnant women also okay, crave them? Fair, all right. So Alan needs to be concerned about pregnant right-wing women in their 50s. <laughs> <laughs> they might lose their business. <laughs> um, I, I love his fudge too. I love Campbell Newman's like, Oh, haven't got the quote directly. You heard it seconds ago because I just dropped it in. But what was it? Something like you know. Oh, but oh, they took I, the- I, I, don't, I, don't, I buy one occasionally. <laughs> Bullshit. Well, that was the biggest fudge of like I can't say I'm boycotting it if I don't eat them at all. Oh, I have one occasionally. I was <laughs> bullshit, Campbell. The other thing it. is bullshit. the other thing is that he actually says 
they took the picture of the First Nations that's, American that's that off the packet, only he doesn't use that term, <laughs> off the packet years ago, so it can't be racist. <laughs> like, it's the history of it and why it was called Redskin, clearly indicated by the fact that was on there, but now they've taken the picture off. It's racist. <laughs> morons. It's uh, just nothing they say makes any sense. No. They're just so stupid. And I don't get why, why it's such an issue for them. Like, brands change branding and designs and names of things all the time. It's not... Like, it's... I mean, you think that they're so in love with the free market and the idea of, you know, marketing and all that and advertising being key. It's like, why is it a problem for a a branding or a business to just change their name, you know, to make the... you know? Excuse me, my Kraft Macaroni and Cheese sold the recipe here in Australia to Bega, and it is now Bega Instant Macaroni and Cheese. (laughs) And let me tell you, it tastes exactly the same. It's exactly the same. <laughs> no uh, problem. <laughs> I think the underlying issue here is not... It, it, it's partly just this, we hate lefties, and, and it seems like a thing that a lefty's got, and, mm. we, and therefore we're angry about it. But I think it's also more insidious than that. It's, it's this underlying idea that we would... And, and you saw this in relation to the Black Lives Matter responses mm. where companies are changing names of things mm. and um, you know the, the, the gone with the wind thing and, and corporate, the corporate my, thing where they're, they're basically tokens. Mm. Like the fundamental issue of the race, the, 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 in terms of Black Lives Matter, the fundamental issue that police aren't independently, uh, there's no proper independent oversight, so they get away with this sort of violence. And that there's and a social yeah. contract that they violate constantly. Yeah. yeah, so those fundamental points. So instead of doing that, we'll look like we're doing some changes, and we will pretend that this is what the lefties were pushing for. Yeah. Now, the lefties are like, when if you ask us specifically, should we be naming this thing Victoria, or should we name it you know, Redskins? They're like, no. Because the very act of naming that indicates that you don't get why that was horrifying. Yeah. Like, if you understand why it's horrifying, then you wouldn't want to do that either. No. It's not so much that thing, it's more that, that thing, what that thing reflects about the organisation that's doing yeah. it. But if they can instead protect that this is all about, pretend that this is that all lefties want is, you know, tokenistic minor changes, yeah. uh, silly little things like that, and that, that we lefties are all just, all just you know, feigning offence and, and pass me the smelling salts because I'm offended that you used a rude word mm. rather than what we're concerned about which is the harm that is done by the attitudes that those things represent. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Yeah. If you can pretend... So if you're constantly stoking outrage, if you're on Sky and your aim is to make lefties look shallow and ridiculous, yeah. that's what you focus on. You beat it up, you make it like that's the big thing rather than something fundamental which is the Social police change. get away with violence to yeah. people that is deployed in a racist way in particular, but even if even separate to race, it's still outrageous that they can do this because there's no proper mechanisms to protect whistleblowers, to encourage police to turn in their, their fellows when they do the wrong thing. There's no there's a culture of getting away with this shit and yeah. closing ranks. Yeah. Those are real fundamental problems that, that, that we're really fighting about. We don't want to tackle that if you're from Sky. You don't want that changed. No, yeah, and so pretend it's about... Tr- Trivial yeah. peripheral shit. You, d- yeah. you don't even want to have a discussion about it because you know you're going to come out second best. You know, so it's like, oh no, let's talk about the let's talk about the lollies. <laughs> you know, that's what lefties really. Yeah, mm. and the thing is, if you look at it, it's like, what do you want? Social change. What are you getting? The name of a lolly. <laughs> but they'll sit there and be like, oh, those liberal snowflake. Oh, sorry, those liberal. I mean, lefty. small L. Those lefty yeah. snowflakes. Look at them with their social change and wanting to defund police. And oh my gosh, they're what? changing the name of a lolly. And keep in mind that their audience, they also know what, what their audience will buy. Mm. And their audience will buy. Their audience is self-satisfied, privileged bastards who are so insulated from any real oppression. Mm. Yeah. They can't even contemplate. They don't even want to think that that's a real thing. Yeah. 
They want to think the police are the good guys. Yeah. So they don't want to think what yeah. the reality is. They don't want to take that information yeah, in. Yeah, no. Because, I mean, and they've all got relatives. They've all got brothers and friends and cousins and uncles. Like, I mean, I do as well who've, who who are, you know, got friends in the police. And like you say, yeah, they don't want to confront yeah. that. But, but what they are happy to confront is minor affronts to their to their um, comforts. Yeah. Mm. They're willing to get angry about those because that's the stuff that makes them angry. Mm. Anything that, like, criticises a comedy thing they like mm. or criticise or changes the name of a lolly that they liked as kids. Anything yeah. that ever points out to them that something that they're part... You know, that their their world yeah. should, should change in some way <laughs> yeah. without them having to take into something serious like police violence, but, but something trivial like the name of something, they can process that. Mm. They can process that that's a thing that's changed. And they can be angry about it. Yeah. So that's their total. It is a convenient. They can look. I mean, God, that that segment there. How many people did they interview on this stupid lolly thing? Yeah. <laughs> Just madness. So, Nick, inspired by you, uh, I've done two things. One is uh, I've grabbed the audio from this morning's Insiders <laughs> interview between David Spears and Paul Fletcher, the Arts Minister. <laughs> Uh, and the other is not really inspired by you at all. I'm just trying to come up with some excuse to the fact that I now have my son sitting next to me in the middle of trying to record this podcast. So mm-hmm. there may be baby noises at this point. Um, but look, let's the, the, the Spears interviewing Paul Fletcher was. You're right, mate. It was weird. They good. did journalism. Like he he doesn't answer the questions, and they go back to the question he didn't answer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What I'm yeah. used to is him not answering the question and them saying, "Okay, and now next question." He, he does eventually him. go move oh, on to the next beautiful. question. Like he never, yeah. you never, they yep. never do the last bit of being like. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Is there, they do eventually give up because they've only got a finite amount of time and they need to go to the next subject. But let's do it in two bits. So there's two parts of this where he yeah. gets hammered. One is in relation to the arts funding and one of them is in relation to yeah. the ABC cuts. So let's do the arts funding first because I think I think you're the man to talk with uh, about this. So here mm-hmm. is Paul Fletcher being... Oh, I, yeah. I, I almost, almost would say cross-examined by David Spears this morning on Insiders. Minister, welcome to the program. You've taken a different approach with this arts package to some of the other government support packages that are out there. A job keeper and job seeker are uncapped, they are demand driven. So to the home builder grant scheme for the construction sector. If, if more people apply and qualify, then more money will flow. With the arts sector, that's not the case. You, you've capped the grants that are available here. Why this different approach? Well, it's $250 million, David, over one year, so a very substantial commitment, uh, $90 million of loans. I make the point that Life Performance Australia, the peak body, specifically proposed low-interest concessional loans as an element of the package. We listened to that as we listened widely to the arts and entertainment sector because our focus here is on getting people back to work. What we want to do is be providing the $75 million in grants, $90 million in loans, $50 million in our temporary interruption fund for screen and television, uh, film and television production, so that uh, arts companies, events producers, promoters can start uh, the work of uh, putting on shows, planning for shows. It costs money to hire a venue, to hire mm. cast and crew, to market the show. We want to get economic activity going again in the arts and entertainment sector. It's a major employer. And, of course, uh, Australians want to see the performers they love on the stage and on the road doing what they do so I'll, well. I'll come to that, but I'm not sure that answers the question as to why you've capped the money. $75 million in grants, but they'll have to fight against themselves to get that money. Why have you uh, capped these grants but not some of the other programs? Uh, well, in terms of job seeker and job keeper, and those builder. are specific... 
those are, well, if I talk about job seeker, job keeper, well, those home, are specifically about well a supporting people uh, through the period when activity in many sectors, including arts and entertainment, is flat or non-existent. I mean, in arts and entertainment, venues closed, performances cancelled, artists lost their gig. So we've got that set of arrangements in place. Our package for arts and entertainment, the $250 million, is about getting activity restarted again. It's $250 million over one year, David. You, so that's no, a you've very said that, substantial Minister. Sorry, just to interrupt. The, the question is, why have you capped the money for the arts sector but not for the construction sector? Well, it's perfectly standard to allocate an amount of money for a particular policy outcome. That's what but we've done But it's not standard. Here. You've done a very different thing with Home Builder. That's my point. Uh, well, look, um, Home Builder addresses one set of issues. Construction. The arts and entertainment package addresses another set of issues. We've consulted very widely with the sector um, and a whole range of uh, uh, bodies have uh, endorsed what we've done here. I've mentioned uh, Live Performance Australia, ARIA and Sorry, others. did they say the funding uh, should be capped, did they? Any of, any of the art sector tell you they wanted this capped? I'm just wondering why you've capped it. Uh, well, what we've done is allocated funding for a specific purpose up to a specific amount, which is perfectly mm. standard practice in government, but it's, David. it's it not what you've done with ever... Home Builder or, or any other package. And I'll, I'll leave questions about Home Builder to the responsible minister. Of course, that's no, an excellent you're responsible program, for this, this which is designed, so about, designed to stimulate construction. Because we believe the amount of funding that's being provided will stimulate new shows, new events, new productions, get new activity going. So we've carefully calibrated it. We've consulted across the sector. Um, if you talk to somebody like uh, Michael Castle, the producer of Harry Potter, uh, you know, they had nine months of near full houses in Melbourne. Uh, that's economic activity, that's jobs for the backstage crew, front of house, ushers, mm. box office, the sound sure, and lighting but if they people. get a grant, someone else won't. That's the point. They might might be eligible under the criteria, but because you've capped it, there are winners and there are going to be losers. That, that's the whole point of putting a cap in place. You have to pick the winners. We've assessed the level of funding here, David. It's very substantial funding. It's going to have a significant impact in restarting activity in the arts sector. Let's recognise there's a lead time in getting new productions going. So we've taken well, just this on decision that. now. Okay, just on that, there is a lead. I love it. It's very good. He makes... He really hammers in that point about the the construction industry thing, which I think is brilliant because it, it does show like a clear double standard. It's like when it's construction, yeah, cool, uncapped. You can have as much money as you want. Was it first home buyers or whatever? Like, again, another plan that really isn't going to do anything to actually help, um, you know, like the housing shortage. It's going to put more investment yeah. homes in areas that don't need it uh, that are going to just lead to more people going broke anyway. And rental rorts, which is just going to allow people to do renovations to their house. Yeah. That's Who, what you meant by, you meant by yeah. that's home yeah, yeah, rental rorts. Rental rorts is a better name yeah. for it. But, but that's the whole point is that's a gift to their mates in industries yeah. they like. The arts is a sop so that they yeah. can pretend that they haven't just you know, destroyed the sector. So, mm. yeah, um, and, and I would have loved to have seen it at the end. Well, I suppose he did. He, he made the point very clearly that it's one-sided and, and yeah. Fletcher never explains. Like, I, I would kind of like to see a journo. Like, the problem is that, that, that Spears has him there for an interview and they have to cover a bunch yeah. of different points. Yeah, so he's got to move on. He's got to do the arts, the yeah. ABC stuff. So he's got to, yeah. But I would love to see them just pin them down even further and just be like, why is one captain not the mm. other? And then when he doesn't answer it, repeat the yeah. question. Which he does a bit of. He does make some other great points, like why there's loans and a lot of places aren't in a position oh. to take further loans. They might not have the yeah. capital. So, you know, taking... So part of this money is actually mm. loans. 
And the part that's the grants that he's well, talking he, about he's respo- kept, He did respond to that yes. bit. He said that they asked for the loans. Yes. yes. But that it's a big portion of what they're, say- what they're selling as. You know, like, hey, we're giving you all this money and it is this. But yeah, as the capped grants... There's huge organizations that will be fighting for this money, along with small individual yep. artists. Like, there's there's all sorts of things. How do they measure that? Who gets mm. what? How well, do they haven't even released more? the details of that and yet. The they po- haven't even released the details of who gets no. what and how it works. You know. And the point is that people aren't working mm. now. And so he then very disingenuously says, oh, but there's JobKeeper and JobSeeker, which will help people if they're not mm. working now. Except in the arts. People aren't employed under those yeah. conditions. JobKeeper helps people who are employed in a condition where they had been employed as of this date in March and they had been continuously employed for the yeah. previous year. The arts and venues hire people on a case-by-case basis. They hire them on short-term stints. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who works in wardrobe for QPAC and she works for two months and then she doesn't have a job for two weeks. And then she works for three months. And each job is an individual contract for an individual yeah. show. And when Scummo saves his $6 billion, it's because they didn't cover these people. They specifically yeah. designed it. So huge numbers of Australians who were supposed to be protected by the job yeah, process. that's it. Yep, yep exactly. You just left out. And so, she's, so she works contracts. So she's one of those behind-the-scenes mm. people who has a yeah. trade <laughs> and went to school, which, you know... The, are you telling me the people who went to NIDA or, yeah. you know, the, or WEPA or all Acting, these other schools didn't we, go to school? But we in the Libs yeah, hate them. that's it. Yeah. yeah. But and it's it's the same with performers. You know, you have a performer and, like, you go show to show. You go contract yeah. to contract. You might do something in Sydney for six months and then you might do something yep. somewhere yep, else. That's you, it. You audition for roles. Yep, that's it. Or you're on a cruise ship. Yeah. You're on a, you know, I mean, if you, I'm just talking specifically about comedy. You're in a club for a week. You're doing, ra- you know, radio. Whatever you get, it's, it's mm-hmm. always contract. There's nothing ever solid in it yeah no, and, and i think yeah and everyone's a sole trader so, but yeah. you can't get it i think unless you've got an employee which yep. none of us have because you're just you're running your own business you, you are your own business yep. yeah and when he's asked specifically repeatedly when's when's that money gonna is that money gonna come through before those things can get, come back up because people need the money now and the guy's like no the money oh yeah no, there'll be some allocations it's like no no <laughs> is the mm. money going to go that was what the question was yeah are they going to have yeah. it to live on yeah and he refused yep. so obviously the answer to that is no and in relation to the captain obviously the real answer is because we hate the arts. Yeah. Like, and the yeah. other interesting thing is he keeps bringing up the Michael Cassell group, uh, the Cassell group who run really big shows in Australia. Yeah. The I Harry Potter one. one. Yeah. They're the Harry yeah. Potter. The they're, ABC. They're the people who did the big lame is tour around Australia. Like they do big yep. shows. He's a big producer. He's even in the paper saying that this isn't going to be enough. No. That the only way Harry Potter is making money is sold out shows. Yeah. That's the only way they were making money. Yeah. And that if they don't have that, they can't, it's not worth being open. Yeah, yeah, they can't do it. Yeah, that's it. So if you've only yeah. got, it's the same as shows, I've got friends in, in Melbourne around the traps who run comedy shows and where their capacity normally, like pre-COVID, they'd be fitting in 250 people on a Thursday night or something. Uh, and now because of the restrictions, they're limited to 50. So if they want to pay any of the acts or make any money, they, can, they just, they flat out can't do it. So even though they're operating now, everyone's doing it at a loss. No one's, and they've just been left out in the cult. There's, there's no one looking after them. And yeah, they, the ABC have actually talked to, to that Harry Potter guy, the, sorry, the, the guy uh, with that uh, playgroup a bunch of times 
uh, I listened to another interview on Breakfast or something where they were talking to him, and it is. He says, "Oh yeah, it's a great start," and then they seize on that and they go, "Oh okay, no." So they because they think they said they consulted with people in the industry. They you know, and I think they they basically just mean him, the one guy from this big touring group. But there's a lot of other people in the industry who aren't that big who have very different needs from the guy putting on Les Mis and, and Harry Potter, and they're not listening to them at all. Another interesting thing I thought I saw about the loans too, which I don't know, this might just be me nitpicking, but the loans aren't made by the government. The government's just guaranteeing, the Commonwealth are guaranteeing the loans. The loans are actually being funded and managed by the major banks, mm. by other financial institutions. So they're not actually spending that money unless the, the artists default on those payments. So the loans are going to be managed through the banks. Yeah. Which I would say is, and, and if anybody's been listening to the podcast for a while will we'll recognise this, this is like the definitive characteristic. I would say this is the one of the most memorable things that we will, that will stick from the Scummo government, which is their habit of announcing programs with dollar signs attached mm-hmm. that sound like they're being generous yep. that they never pay out on. Yep. Because they've always got, you know... The fire, volunteer firefighters don't get it unless they jump through this arbitrary hoop, which most of them can't. Or yeah. the people who need JobKeeper won't get it unless they can fit these arbitrary hoops. And yeah. it's same with the arts thing. They, the government says it's putting this money in, but it's really not. And yeah. and then they're like, look how we managed to come in under budget. You come in under budget because the amount you announce is never actually being given to the people you're giving it to. Mm. But I bet they'll go over. They, they won't necessarily come in under budget on the ones they like. The, the Renault Rorts, check the different treatment yeah. of the ones that are going to their mates. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely, every time. But even the Renault Rorts, even the Renault Rorts hits a very small target of people. Like, so it might be uncapped, but you have to qualify for a whole bunch of loopholes yeah. to yeah. qualify for it. Yeah, mm. and the people who can afford to do $150,000 renovations to start with, we're always going to do it. Like, you know, if they, if they mm. this, this program's not really going to help people who can't afford to do renovations at all do renovations. It's only going to make it easier for the people who can already afford to, to try and increase the value of their property, you know, their investment portfolio by renovating. You could argue, oh, hang on, so so why sh- why shouldn't that be capped the same way as the arts? And the only argument, the only reason why it's not capped the same way as the arts is if it's capped, some rich bastards who are our voters might miss out. Might miss out, yeah, yeah they might not get it, yeah. That's it. I did find it interesting that while he sits there and he says, oh, I can't talk about Renault Rorts because it's not my area. Portfolio. He's very quick when they shift to talking about ABC funding. Yeah, well, we have, we, yeah let's get to that, but yeah. we'll notice. How, yeah, how, remember, remember how unwilling he was to talk about those other projects uh, when it comes to him talking, trying to throw anything else in about the ABC. Yeah. Yes, it's almost like Paul Fletcher throughout this interview is a little bit inconsistent. Yeah. He also jumps... <laughs> I'm actually not going to play the bit where they're talking about the National Gallery. There's a bit in between those oh, two yeah. sections where, yeah. he, where he's talking about the National Gallery and, and why do they still have the efficiency dividend um, during a recession. Mm. And, he, and Fletcher's response to that is like, oh, no, you know, this is a standard standard thing for all parties. And he's like, not during a recession. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, this is, this is, you know, we're not going to do things differently just because, you know, they, and he, he won't concede that, that the recession should change things. <laughs> and then it gets to the ABC and all of a sudden it's, all recession, all yeah. the time. Yeah, we can't spend this much money. The money's not there. Everyone's doing it tough. Let me turn to the ABC. I mean, again, is now the right time to persist with a funding freeze when we're in the middle of a recession? Well, let's be clear. The ABC has 
stable and secure funding of over a billion dollars a year. That funding is rising every year during the current three-year funding period that we are presently in. Well, let me pick you up uh, on that. Let me pick you up on that because I know there's been, you know, you've been arguing that point this week that funding is rising, and the, the Prime Minister mm. even said there is no cut. Uh, let me read from the 2018-19 budget which talks about the saving that was being made in the ABC budget of $83.7 million. The budget paper says, and I quote, this measure reduces funding to the ABC by $14.6 million. Uh, this financial year, $27.8 million. Next financial year, $41.3 million. It says reduces funding. Is, is the budget paper correct? Well, David, you're not the first ABC journalist to quote that particular piece of text to me this week. In fact, you're about the fourth. And while I commend ABC journalists for your passionate commitment to the institution that you work for, and the ABC is very important, and our government backs it strongly. That's well, why it has that, strong maybe and the re funding. Maybe the but, reason you're being David, questioned my, about this, you're the minister responsible, uh, Paul Fletcher. David, so... you know, my point is, as you yourself said earlier in the show, 6,000 redundancies at Qantas this mm. week, redundancies across the economy. Yes, you're not we responsible in, for Qantas we, or, uh, or other companies. You are, are responsible in, for funding the we ABC. Are in the worst, David, we are in the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. So I think it's appropriate to keep this in context. We have secure and increasing funding for the ABC. OK, that but again, same, the budget paper says reduces funding. That same extract makes it clear that uh, funding is uh, being maintained. And indeed, since that, we announced $43.7 million in last year's budget, additional to the ABC for regional and local news gathering. So the ABC is very important. We back it strongly. But let's recognise that we're at a time when across the economy and across the media sector, uh, these are tough times. Many media businesses have seen revenues drop by 10, 20 or more percent. Many That's media true. businesses That's are true. relying on job But keeper. again, you're not responsible so, for funding them. You are responsible for funding the ABC. And it sounds like you're still arguing funding is increasing when the budget paper says funding is being reduced. Even if you include the dollar figures David, here, the, the, it David, is not a real paper, funding increase, is it? The, the, the budget paper is very clear. The budget numbers are very clear. We're in a three-year funding period right now and funding is going up every year during that period. The ABC receives more funding now not than we came though, to Minister. government let, let, in 2013 let's not, be tricky, let's not be tricky here. The, the funding increase is, uh, is so small. It's less than 0.3 of a percent in real terms. That's not an increase, is it? David, the ABC has stable and growing funding which no other media organisation in the country has. So while we can debate the technicalities, oh. let's focus on the big issue here. Yeah, it's all about efficiency. There's no money. We've got to cut costs. We've got to cut the, you know, cut the ABC. We've got to cut jobs. But this is another thing I like. They're always about, oh, we're about creating jobs. We're about creating jobs. But, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll cut a bunch of others on the way, but we'll create jobs in the industries that help our mates out. But then when it comes to the National Gallery or anything that's got any sort of cultural significance or the ABC, it's like, nah, that needs to go. We need that money for our friends and to put security cameras in churches. Like, that's, that's what they're all about. I like that he was trying to have it both ways and say that well, there wasn't a cut, but also you can understand why there's a cut because everyone's cutting. Like, he was trying to do both arguments at the same time. <laughs> everyone's cutting. Everyone's doing it tough. You know, it's not just the ABC. We're all cutting, but also we're not actually cutting the ABC. You're like, <laughs> but th those two things are not consistent. And also, yeah, as Spear said, and it was lovely seeing him do this. 
your own words in the budget paper were it's a reduction. <laughs> and then for him, oh, to go, this I, is dancing. Like there was some calisthenics there. He's doing yeah. gymnastics. Oh, Spend it over backwards. Yep. Well, he's, what's his excuse? His excuse is, oh, the numbers show an increase. And it's obviously not an increase in real terms, and Spears points that out. But mm. I, I really would have liked to have seen him just come back on that because he, because he sort of goes, oh, yeah, no, but the, te- the numbers are really clear. I would have yeah. really liked to see Spears come back and be like, is the word reduction in that paper <laughs> correct or not? Not, yeah. Oh, the numbers say this. Do you agree that's a reduction or is the, it's either a reduction or... Or the person that the, the yeah. treasurer calling it a reduction is wrong. Who's wrong? Uh, look, te- the numbers. <laughs> Technically, David, we like to refer to it as a reverse increase. <laughs> yes. a, a right, it's right sizing the yeah. numbers. Yeah, right, right numbering. We're using a new innovative triple column system <laughs> where if we put the number in a whole bunch of times, it actually looks like it's a positive. Yeah, yeah. But they like they are literally like they try to have it both ways there's a reason the word reduction is in there because they are trying to say we are responsible managers and we're not giving money to those scumbags at the ABC mm. and then when they're talking to a different audience i the ABC and people who are watching the ABC they've got to be like no no it's an increase yeah. uh, and then for Spears to actually give the numbers and say no that's like a 0.01% or yeah, which is something less than CPI yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and like that's not a real increase. Like their viewers get it, I think. But yeah. I think ABC viewers do. But I think they do. This government, and I, look, I think it's a trend in general. They rely on just the general punter being somewhat illiterate when it comes to these sort of budget numbers and stuff. Like people hear, oh yeah, they're going to give two hundred and fifty million dollars to the arts, and they're like, wow, two hundred and fifty million dollars. That's so much money to me. And that's all they hear. They yeah. don't really understand what that number is and that $250 million across the whole arts industry is actually fucking nothing. Like, they just don't get that. Do you know what and I would like to have also- seen? I would have liked to have seen Spears, when he was trying to run his, his increase, oh no, there's a, a dollar increase, and, and at the same time they justify the cuts, I would have loved to have he- heard Spears say, haven't you just had a pay rise as an MP? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you need that? Oh, because the cost. It was because the costs of things were because CPI increases. Yeah. Was because you know if your numbers stay the same, that would effectively be a decrease. Yeah. Like make that point right then. Also in the back of people's heads, hammering this asshole just voted himself a pay rise. Yeah. Yep. I also find it interesting that he was touting JobKeeper and he's touting that we're in this horrible recession and or no horrible situation where people are losing jobs all over the place. Yeah, suddenly it was all recession, this recession, yes, that exactly. seconds after being like, oh no, we still need our efficiency dividends. <laughs> yeah, and to sit there and say that to defend then all these job losses at ABC. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's isn't that the big thing? Because the, for coalition voters, and this was a big thing early on when, when a lot of pu- private sector employees were losing jobs, this resentment at public sector employees not losing their jobs. Yeah. They're like, well, if the private sector is shedding jobs, the public sector should also be adding to the jobless pile. And <laughs> we've already got lots of jobless people. Let's add some more yeah. for no reason other than we hate public sector employees and want to punish them. Yeah. Like, the jobs are going to be the... Like, in fact, in relation to like things like Semplink, more people are needed because there's, there's a whole lot of... The public service jobs, the pub, the demand for public services increases when the private sector is sacking people. Yeah. Like, let alone the impact of putting more people on the unemployment or, the, or, or of, of sacking more people on the economy generally. Mm-hmm. Like, 
It's but it's but again, it's there's no rational basis for the sacking those people. It's just resentment. Yeah. Fuck those public surgery employees. And, and that, he's sort of, kind of trying to imply that with the the you know commercial media are sacking people. Yeah. So therefore, the ABC should. Yeah. What? No, there's more demand for the ABC there. Yeah, I I do that, that. I mean, that is always part of the agenda though for them. It, it's always uh, gut the public sector so it works inefficiently, and then they can. They've got further recourse to gut the public sector. For they go, oh, it's 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 inefficient. It's terrible. The public sector doesn't public stuff doesn't work. So let's gut it further. Mm. But that's that's one exactly. thing Spears did that I did enjoy was uh, when he said, oh, you know, Qantas are making cuts and all that. He's like, no, 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 you're not responsible for Qantas. You're you're responsible. That's exactly for money. it. Yeah, absolutely. He called him on that. He did not let him have that one after he specifically previously had been like, well, I can't talk about the renovation, <laughs> the home builder, <laughs> because that's not my area. I can't talk about JobKeeper. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, yeah. He, 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 not at this moment. I will talk about those other things in a minute when it's convenient for me. But right now, when it's contrary to the point I'm trying to fudge. But, I, but the other thing I did notice in terms of the ABC cuts, and, all the, and it's very sad but that, that all these people are losing jobs. I, but I did notice that the re- reaction from lefties, I think, is a bit muted because the ABC's done such a pathetic job in the last decade or two mm. of standing up to the Libs. Yeah. The Libs basically had a campaign for, from, the, what, the 90s onwards to delegitimize the ABC, first of all, pretend it's a lefty thing, and they have their, their you know, Richard Alston's folders of complaint. You know, we've added up everything the ABC says and just asserted this yeah. is lefty shit and this wasn't fair to the right and all that stuff. Yeah. They do that for long enough, they get that line up there that it's a lefty organisation. Then they, then when they're in government, it's they're, they're like, no, oh, it's it's too partisan. We need to get more control and rein that shit in. Yeah. Um, and so they just kept cutting and cutting and cutting, whinging to the point where the ABC basically beats itself on their behalf. Yeah. And so the ABC is now such like. They're still accused of being lefties constantly, yeah. but they're really bloody not. No. Most of the time on anything substantive, they are barely pro-Labor. Like they're yeah. not, sorry, they're, they're strictly neutral between Labor and the Liberals. Yeah. And they're therefore quite hostile to the Greens. The Greens are lucky to get a look in. Yeah. Um, and they give way too much credence to far-right dickheads like One Nation. Mm. Yeah. Like, the ABC has been so neutered that when the, when they can't, when the coalition comes to finally kill it, it won't really have any defenders left because the rest of us will be like, it's already dead. And that's part of the zombie. And I think that's part of the strategy. That is part of it. It's really because it is. It's hard to because I I fucking love the ABC. I have I, I remember like I want to go back to a, a I had a high school teacher in grade eleven biology teacher Gina McLean. If you're listening, this is my apology because I remember her telling me that she loved the ABC and I was like, nah, it's for nerds. Who'd watch that? Like, what are you doing? But now I, I got to apologize because I fucking love it. But it is like I watch it less and less now because there's nothing, you know. Like it, it has you. You're dead right. They're a beaten dog, and it just makes me sad to watch it because you can't watch interviews. Like I was, yeah. I was listening to an interview uh, for this and research this morning with Terry Butler talking about an environmental uh, audit that came out, and the first question uh, the interviewer asked is, "So uh, if this was a problem, why didn't Labor do something about it twelve years ago?" So his opening gambit. Is to is to smash you know like labor on something that they haven't had a say in for twelve years, and it's like yeah the, the bias is there now it's definitely gone the other way, but yeah so it's so hard to be like yeah no the ABC is great I love everything on it when they're not really doing a great job like we watched this interview with David Spears today both of us go wow good journalism finally from them actual yeah. journalism on insights yeah. what yeah what it's a surprise holding the powerful to account yeah. I mean on the ABC. Does that even happen anymore? Yeah. I reckon actually the ALP and the Greens um, should do the Libs thing back at them. Yeah. So if you want to sell, point out that the, AB, that the ABC is now 
right wing, which it is, mm. which you need to do, A, to start bringing it back the other way because the ABC is just responding to the attacks that it was right wing and so it made itself, sorry, it was too left wing, so mm. it made itself more right wing. Yeah. The only way to bring it back is to make, make the point that it's quite right wing. Yeah. So then to defend itself, it becomes more left wing. So I think that the left needs to start playing the same, what seems like a stupid childish playbook, like sitting there and taking notes, like... <laughs> I guess the IPA has the money to, to send people to sit there and watch the ABC yeah. and keep, take nasty notes. Yeah. But, and maybe the lefty organisations don't have that money, those funds to do it. But hell, like crowdsource it, whatever you need to do. But yeah. we need to basically sit there and do our own audit of the ABC going the other way, pointing out the ways yeah. in which it's one-sided in the, in, to the right, and submit those keep, and keep mm. doing it relentlessly like the right used to do. Until yeah. it, it kills the idea that the ABC is leftist and reestablishes the idea that now the ABC is quite right wing, so the ABC has to respond to it. I think that has mm. to happen. I think that's the only way to yeah. save it before it's too late, because where it is right now, it's just going to get worse and worse until they kill it completely. Yeah, it'll die. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm worried. I'm genuinely concerned that it's already too late. All right, so finally, and we're going to have to do this with some alacrity because we're going to have two awake children. <laughs> um, but it's. In ter- so, we're talking of things that the that, that are fundamentally uh, that the liberals hate. I've always hated, and their their entire uh, political personas are based on deep resentment of these things from when they were very young. It's not just lefties, it's not just the ABC, yeah. But it's more fundamentally when they became political animals, were in the right, to the, lunge to the right side of politics, and 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 finally, and you know, were confronted by lefties. They were at university, mm-hmm. and they they hate the universities. They left them out of the JobKeeper. They kept changing JobKeeper so that they didn't qualify. Yeah. And then this week, we get our new university funding models. <laughs> well, let's just point out that actually the funding remains the same. They still get $18 billion towards the <laughs> university sector. Yeah, just being taken from the uni students they yeah. hate the most yeah. and given <laughs> to the uni students that they think that employers want the most, as if the only purpose of a university is employment. Yeah. Mm. So basically, they're, they've, they've reassessed how much they pay. So roughly what they pay right now is a 60-40 model for uh, university tuition for students. For all, for all subjects. Generally, about a 60-40 model. Um, but they're changing that up and they're changing up the, the cost. So instead of paying... So now students will actually pay a hell of a lot more and some degrees will cost a heck of a lot Ooh. more. All right, okay, so I've got a theory. I'm pretty sure that, that the all the people who are currently members of the Liberals who are at university most hate art students. Mm-hmm. So what happened to, what's happened to arts degrees? Arts degrees are going to get a lot more expensive. Oh, <laughs> staggering. I can't believe that. <laughs> Which, interestingly comes in onto a thing that we have been saying previously, which is that all of ScoMo's cuts, all of ScoMo's cuts target women. Yeah. And they hate women. Oh, absolutely. Because something like 65% of the people in humanities degrees are women. Yeah. So they're going to have a larger hex debt, um, a larger debt to pay off, Mm -hmm. uh, already to a group of people who have um, smaller incomes uh, post-uni, who take time off for having kids, so have smaller super accounts, and now you're going to increase their debt load. The problem is, this actually decreases the funding to universities as well. Mm -hmm. So even for the programs where they're like, oh, we need to get more people into these programs like environmental studies or medical science or engineering. Environmental studies? I'm surprised this government wants yeah. people doing environmental yeah. studies. Well, it's a science. Or allied health or nursing. Yeah. So looking at it, so sure, the um, 
the the cost will drop for the student, but that's not really because the government's going to bear the weight of yeah. that. They're actually changing it so the university will get like $10,000 left for a student in environmental studies yeah. or $5,000 less for a student in engineering. Yeah. So it's going to make it even harder to teach these very intense programs. Yeah. yeah. My favorite one is that teaching and education is considered a priority. And so we'll cost students less. But it's not that we're actually going to pay teachers anymore when they get out. It's not that we're actually going to value teachers anymore. We're still going to, you know, teach, have this primarily female-dominated field and treat them like the dregs of the earth. But, you know... This, I think this is their revenge for the tampon tax getting axed. <laughs> exactly. This is them. They've got to get their money from somewhere. Yeah. And so they're talking about how they're actually, you know, how there's going to be 39,000 new places, mm. but there's no funding for those new places. Yeah. No, no. Universities are expected to increase the number of students they're taking in without having JobKeeper. Yeah. Um, without having the international students. And then uh, Mr. Teens come up and said that they're going to, to stop students stop universities from increasing the number of uh, humanities people that they bring in because they actually will end up getting more per student for the humanities now. <laughs> that they're going to set up like a task force that will monitor enrollment <laughs> to make sure there's no like trends of enrollment. What the hell? Yeah. It also doesn't grandfather in. So grandfathers in people currently studying. So yeah. if they started studying this year, yeah. but it doesn't grandfather in the year 11 or 12 students who are already in their VCEs or their, yeah. you know, their already final two years, plans. their, H- their yeah. HSCs. All of those people who've picked the three to four subjects that they're studying for their two senior years mm. to go to university who can't change their program yeah, yeah it's too late for them yeah it, you know, things they've like been how, how is someone who's been focusing on getting into you know um getting into a social science degree mm. how are they suddenly going to change and get into engineering they don't they, they haven't don't. taken the math they need yeah. to do they haven't like they can't well you know or, or it'll take them five years after after school finishes because they'll be working part-time or whatever to do it you know do a, a course after hours or whatever, and, and it'll obviously be too hard, so they, they can't, you know. Also, interestingly, they talk a lot about the uh, numbers, mm. uh, so they talk a lot about the employment numbers, but if you look at the 2018 employment numbers uh, for, you know, employment for, say, four months after um, after graduation, humanities students have the same rate of employment as science and math students. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably due to the fact that, that we don't fund education enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, even... After all of that, the fundamental disconnect for me is that they only see universities as vocational training. And and that that's the only worth to the public, not from having an educated mm. populace. It's only from whether they these people get a job and get off the public mm. purse. Yeah. And that's the only valuable thing you can do with your life. And there's nothing intrinsically valuable to the community of having more people educated. Yeah. And keep in mind that the things that they're cutting, like um, the funding to arts... Mm. And to law and things, there's still going to be students doing those things. Yeah. yeah. They're just going to be privileged students. Yeah. You're yeah. going to be basically setting it up that, you know, you have to be rich to be, uh, you know, a, to study history. So, well, only good, we'll only get the right wing yeah, yeah. rich view of history. That's it. Or the only rich people will be lawyers and judges. Mm. Oh, great. Oh, that's so, excellent. Mm. One of the biggest problems in the law is when you have a lack of diversity at the bench. And obviously, mm. we're, look, there's not a huge amount that we're going to speculate on in relation to the what what we've discovered this week about uh, a former High Court judge <laughs> and that being an endemic problem in the law. Although, of course it is, because we have a system where you have very powerful people. Mm. And it's a system about authority and rank and yeah. 
and you know, um, and, and uh, tradition, and and, more, and specifically hierarchy. It's a hierarchy, yeah. These, and it's very hard to. Um, uh, and don't judges often get voted in by other judges or like senior so senior barristers get, and senior solicitors get nominated by like there's, there's no the government points judges, but they yeah. the, but their recommendations come from like they've got to be get a good reputation amongst their peers and things like the yeah. becoming silk. Is something that it's all this very closed door process by which yeah. they become. Yeah. So yeah, privilege begets privilege. There is nothing good about creating a system where the where access to law degrees is more based on whether you have whether you come from money. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that is that is a thing that doesn't just impact yeah. those graduates. It impacts every single one of us who is potentially affected by a court, which is every single one of Everybody, us. Everybody. Yeah. It also. There, there's also other issues with this system. Um, so they're doing great things theoretically, like increasing funding to encourage um, disadvantaged groups, which is whether people from low-income backgrounds, people from indigenous backgrounds, to get into secondary education to help with uh, more funding for that. But they're taking that funding from some from other yeah. programs they're not and other people. Yeah, they're not they're not increasing no. that eighteen billion they give to universities. Mm. They're taking funding from other people going to school to help mm. and. They need to be adding that money. Yeah. Like they need to be paying for the current system. They need to increase the money for the current and, system. And they need to be in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Oh recession. God, it's so disappointing. <laughs> yeah. It, again, it comes back to them being more than keen to fund things that 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 benefit their friends. But then, as soon as it's not someone they like, no, nah, sorry, we're in a recession. You know, we've got a budget to manage. You know, like it's only it's only tighten the purse strings when it's it's, it's whenever there's any sort of austerity measure or anything, it's always targets the the, the people who need it the most. You know, it sort of always hurts the people who need it the most every time. Mm. And I think you're right, Jeremy. This when one, you yeah. touched on it at the start of this sort of topic, I think you're dead right. I think it, it does often come down to how much uh, certain people in the in the government at the moment hate women. Like, I think Scott Morrison does a very good job of keeping it under wraps just how religious he is. And in those in those religious, in those mega churches and those Hillsong organisations, it is a real tenet of them that, that uh, you know, women should be seen and not heard and the wives should be submissive to their husbands and then their place isn't out in the world doing things. It's at home. You know, like, that. that is a real... That is a core tenet of his religion and he does a very good job of never bringing it up. He just finds these other how ways to enforce say, it. Nick, how can you say that Scott Morrison is a bit misogynist? <laughs> he has a wife and daughters. <laughs> and they like, are, he can't be misogynist. Occasionally, he yeah, lets them outside. <laughs> so, in... Just over two weeks on July 12th, when mm -hmm. the free childcare subsidy ends, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, both to the childcare industry. Another thing related to that came up today, which is there's a lot of families that use au pairs for whatever reason. And again, this is one of those bullshit situations where we pay people from overseas a shit wage to do something that we should properly fund yeah, here. Yeah, we could pay someone there aren't here. The childcare options yep. here. Um, and but people with multiple children sometimes having an au pair is more is more economical. Yeah. If you have two to three kids and putting well, them, in, it. like, it's yeah. not worth it going back to work. Yeah. Um, but that a lot of the au pairs visas are running out. They've been going home and new ones can't come in. Mm. So they're asking for exemptions for that. You're looking at these are all things that are going to impact women. Yeah. Not having free childcare. Not having. Well, exactly. If you had free childcare, if you yeah. then we wouldn't. Then the it. au pair thing would disappear. Yeah. Like there would be no it reason. Wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily because there are people who have shifts and things like that. So you do need, you yeah. do want live-in help, for yeah. example, but it would be a much smaller situation. Uh, I think because free childcare tends to run six to six, yeah. like seven till yeah. seven till six, that yeah. sort of thing. I think it will hurt. I think we got to think of the real victim of this. Uh, Peter Dutton's inbox is absolutely going to blow up with messages from his mates wanting their au pairs for 
parentheses is extended. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be really hard for Peter Dutton to get through all those emails. And those are people he cares yeah. about. Yeah. He's going to have to address their well, concerns. Apparently, they're also really concerned that we aren't going to get backpackers in this year because what are we going to do about picking fruit and vegetables? Mm. I mean... I guess we'll just have to send some people on, on New Start, some people who we're not paying to go and pick that fruit brutally or, or, or starve to death. Because yeah. what else are we going to do? Pay wages that, Mac, that, yeah. that are entire, actually... Our entire food distribution system is messed up. Our entire yeah. food distribution system is overrun by Woolworths and Coles and the bargaining it's based contracts on they have. Yeah. It's entirely based on exploited labour. Exactly, yeah. it's a huge exploitative. If we had to pay the labour properly... Yeah. They couldn't do it. It's what it, it's it, like. You, it's Coles and Woolworths. It's it's like any industry. As soon as they let a monopoly or a duopoly uh, run, it's you know run run rampant. Then yeah, like it, it creates all these situations where people have to keep finding ways to save money. And one of the ways they do that is cheap labour. And so they end up having to take advantage of someone because there's always someone doing it tough enough to cop shitty wages because they just are desperate. You know, and if it's someone yeah. you know travelling from overseas backpacking, they're gonna under. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it, which is why. The only solution is to have a proper safety net. Yeah. You, you don't have different conditions for visa holders. Mm. Anyone who's here who's doing labour has basic minimum standards. Yep. That there is a safety net that covers everyone that is livable. And guess what? Employers can't exploit yeah. labour at that point. That's it. Because and you don't labour can just condition- go, fuck you, I'm not going to be, I, I, will, I will just... Yeah, Survi- I'll get the, the survival safety net. Like they will have to pay an appropriate wage for the labour, yeah. which you they don't want don't, to do. You also don't force people into these jobs by putting a condition on the second year visa for a backpacker or working yeah. holiday visa, being that you spend three months rurally, because then they people know they have you over a bench. Yeah, and so they, don't they have know, to do well, it. They don't pay you, but it's also the conditions are really yeah. can be really horrible. Mm. Like there's so pay and conditions. Yeah, yeah, there's can be there's lots of reports of, of abuse and oh, like yeah. just horrible horrible conditions, and people well, feel like they can't leave and there's there's monopolies in that as well like i know people in a lot of country towns and stuff and it's all rigged up so that um the employers like you know because often the backpackers will rent you know there'll be 10 of them renting one house and each of them will still be paying far more than what you know like they'll be paying out 150 dollars each and there'll be eight of them living in there for a place that normally would only rent for 300 bucks so they jack up the rent so it's a guy that owns the house he's then mates with the farmer that comes in the van to pick them up in the morning and if they piss off either one of them it's like oh well you're out of a job you can't pay your rent well then you're out you know like they can't afford you know they trap them in these situations where they're totally caught for the time they're there there are so many so many of these things that we put in place specifically to keep, to enable people to be exploited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's um, visa conditions like that. Just get rid of them. Yeah. Like every time, a, a, and, and all the unions who are like, well, you, oh, no, you, we've got, um, we've got a lot of, it's very easy to fire up xenophobia and be like, oh, no, these immigrants coming here and undercutting our conditions yeah. and, and, and taking our jobs. They no only one says that to me. Sorry? No one ever says that to me. No, yeah. Because like, <laughs> you're the right kind. Yeah. You're being Canadian. Yeah, funny that. Um, that was writing quotes. So I'm not agreeing with that. I'm saying the, the racist under- yeah. undercurrent there. Yes. But yeah, the only reason why uh, immigrant labour undercuts uh, local labour is because we put all these conditions that enable them to be exploited yeah. because and they and take away their rights so they can't stand up for themselves. Yeah. If they can stand up for themselves, they're not undercutting anyone. They've got the same conditions yeah. as the rest if of If they us. could get more for, you know, if they could earn more for that work, they would. Like, they're not going to say no to it. So, yeah, that's it. If employers didn't have the power to get them mm. kicked out of the country yeah, yeah. and hold that over their head. Yep, to make them homeless. Um, did you yeah. see that Morrison's agreed, I don't know, I just saw it somewhere this morning, I didn't uh, get a chance to fully read it, that he's agreed that um, once the, you know, 
know how he's talking about the job seeker payment is going to come back to normal levels. They're going to increase it to 75. Sorry, hang on. Don't ever call it normal levels. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, well, levels. starvation levels. They're going to increase it uh, another $75 per week. He's, he's acknowledged that it's not enough. Sorry, $75 per fortnight. So yeah, okay. takes it from $40 a day or whatever it is to 45 or something. Still like, yeah, still nowhere near enough. Still nowhere near enough. Still nowhere near. It's like a token gesture. It'll do nothing. And it's that, it's that weird thing for business of if your social security, if your safety net is adequate, then people can spend in the economy, yep. which is positive for their businesses. On the other hand, if the social safety net is adequate, it makes it harder to exploit people by threatening them with starvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the business community is kind of torn. Like mm. we'd like you to be spending money That's on your okay. uh, on your consumer side, but we'd also like to be able to exploit the shit out of you on the as an employer. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, we, we know we, we won't hear any real announcements about JobKeeper and JobSeeker until after the Eden Monarch. Yes, yeah. did you see that? So there's oh, a, yeah, the yeah, reports yeah. come in. This, yeah, it'll, LA was going to have to push that all week. The odds of us getting the numbers on on what what the uh, job seeker report actually says, or job keeper report actually says, and what the government's going to do about it before next weekend oh, yeah. are negligible. We are not going to nah, see that. Yeah, we're not hearing shit out of. I reckon they're going to tighten right up. This, this nothing's going to happen this week. They're going to keep everything. They just just shut up shop and just keep it all together. They'll announce a few again, make a few more fudged announcements that where they're actually not spending that much money. They'll you know it'll sound pretty and that'll be it. What Labor should be able to do is hammer them on that. Not just in Parliament, in Eden Monaro, it should mm. be able to be like, if they're keeping mum, it's because they've got something they don't want you to know. Yeah, have that be the the slogan on the ads. Absolutely, just be like, what don't they want you to know? What's the worst thing for you that the government could be considering doing with JobKeeper? They might be doing that. If not, why aren't they telling? Yeah, why you? haven't they told you now? Yep. Why aren't they confident enough to say yep. something? Yep. You, if you if you are in any way concerned about what the government might be doing on JobKeeper, then don't vote for them <laughs> because they they're not they don't want you to know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't reward them for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's All right. Upsetting. We now have multiple awake crazy children. <laughs> We've got to do children things. Um, Nick, it is fantastic having you back. Where can people find uh, you on the toots and, people, and elsewhere? People can find me at the moment at Car Crash Pod. I've, I've updated my um, uh, my Instagram name to reflect my podcast. Uh, it's a it's a it car, listen to Car Crash. I would recommend. It's a journey where uh, Australian comedians are helping me get better at comedy because I've gone a little bit off track. So it's a lot of fun. So check that out car, at Car Crash Pod on Instagram, or I think if you just search me Nick Carr on Facebook, and I think I'm Nick Carr or uh, comedian Nick Carr on Twitter or something as well. So I'm around. I think it might be at, at Nick Car Comedy. That's it. At Nick Car Comedy um, on Twitter. That's it. Yep, you're correct, sir. You are correct. And Denise, where can where can people find you? Uh, as usual, I can be Dean C on Twitter, D W E N S E Y. And people can find the podcast at Well May We Say. Uh, and any responses, thoughts, feelings, sentiments uh, about this week's uh, podcast, full of joyful, happy news and discussions. <laughs> Actually. No, that's normally sarcastic, but this week we did see a little bit of journalism from the ABC yeah. and Insider. So, you know... Breath of life. We'll take what we can get. Yeah. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> but yeah, any discussion, please feel free to at, at us. You, you, you can at us. We're happy to be atted. Do at us. <laughs> um, at well, may we say. Uh, also, if you leave a positive review on the iTunes, this, you know, it's nice to have some five-star reviews and people who enjoy the podcast and don't just think that I rant too much. Um, <clears throat> not, I'm sure there aren't any reviews to that effect on iTunes. I mean, I, not that I check. I, I'm too cool to care about. I just, oh, whatever's. Yeah, whatever's, yeah pretty uh, crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. You know. 
Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers. You know how the podcast keeps going. Uh, uh, thank you for um, your patience when we've been <laughs> getting episodes out at various times recently. But thank you for supporting the podcast and keeping us going. Thank you very much to Robin Gray for the music, Alex Lund for the artwork, and we'll see you all hopefully this week, later this week, towards the weekend. See you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.